0: Uh, this week on the Beardcast, um, one of the things that we believe is not to put discipleship in the corner, and it should be at the forefront of um, who we are as followers of Jesus. And um, we have nice mugs that say, uh, don't put discipleship in the corner that you can find on Zazzle. Um, and, and in conversation with that in our like little pre-thing meeting, uh, we talked about maybe looking at... Um, Wesley's works of piety and works of mercy and then looking at his 21 questions and so for the next four weeks we're going to explore those Um, and so this week we're going to talk about works of mercy and so Zach when you think of works of mercy uh, what are some things that come to your mind in in a sense of discipleship?
1: Sure Um, well as far as so to understand the difference between works of mercy and works of piety um, those are I want to say big words but they're not they're they're really churchy words and just the sense of of really what they are mercy is all, all about doing um the the outward expression of our faith and in, in doing good works and visiting the sick and visiting those in prison feeding the hungry just simply being generous right uh is in and then works of piety which we'll get into next week in depth or or, or more of of worship actions, reading, um, meditating on scriptures, praying, fasting, those types of things. Uh, but today, when we focus on um, uh, on mercy and, and both piety, they both have individual practices and communal practices. And and for me, um, work to mercy or how we live out our faith, how we take um, uh, what we what we experience in worship in our private. Um, a a private discipleship, right? Uh, and we put that into action. It's um, it's simply doing good, uh, doing no harm, and staying love in love with God. It's practicing that out loud, and and there are so so many ways that we can uh, practice and involve ourselves in these works of mercy. And I think sometimes we forget, uh, or we get caught up in one. Uh, one avenue of that, or maybe even um, the communal or individual practice of that. Wesley was really big on doing both, uh, doing these things individually, uh, but also doing them in community. And, and we find too often um, we get stuck in one or the other, that we do things on our own, and we don't need the community, we don't need the church, we can just go out and we can feed people or we can visit people, which is, which is well and good. But there's also something huge. When we come to community, uh, when we do these things together, um, we, we can accomplish more of uh, seeking uh, justice, uh, ending oppression and discrimination. It, it's addressing the needs of the poor. It's, it's easier for us to do some of these things individually, visiting a, a sick person. We don't need a, an entire church to go and visit one person. It would be overwhelming. But we need the whole church to stand up in moments of injustice and moments of oppression and discrimination. We can do more and accomplish more in the various ways. And so Wesley's really big on how do we do these, how do we do the smaller things individually? And then how do we see the bigger need and come together as community and in, in seek these works of mercy? How do we seek to do these, uh, to change the world, essentially, with God's love in these ways? And so that, for me, that's, that's the basic, that's the, the nutshell version of what works of mercy are individually and communally.
0: I think, you know, I was thinking about this and thinking about, um, one, how did, you know, how did Jesus model this? Cause I mean, cause that's kind of our base. If we're making disciples of Jesus Christ. We don't make disciples of John Wesley, um, <laughs> contrary to popular opinion. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking about how Jesus modeled works of mercy. Mm-hmm. And how he spoke towards justice and 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 get, and, and pushing the people um, to to look bigger dream bigger and and what would um peace look like and and He gave several examples of that um, from the public aspect of of actually showing what acts of justice look like and i mean there's several stories where Jesus comes in and And um, shows what justice looks like in a sense of taking care of those on the outside of the community and uh, creating space for them to have a space where before they weren't able to have a space. And I mean, all that stuff. And Jesus definitely modeled it from the private perspective, but also from the personal private uh, perspective. Um, I always think of the story of in the gospel of mark where jesus approaches the island and the guy with the many demons approaches him and then jesus casts it uh, casts the demons of the pigs the pigs jump off the cliff and then um the farmers are mad the pig farmers are mad at jesus and they run him out of town like that's one of my favorite stories of jesus actually taking time and showing what compassion can look like in our communities for people um, who may be struggling and, mm-hmm. and that if we're willing to do sometimes what we need to and and help those people deal with some of their demons, Uh, not that they'll be cast into pigs and pigs will jump off a cliff. I mean, pig farming is kind of a big thing in here. Um, So we would never want to wish that um, for them to lose their livelihood on that, but we can help provide ways for people um, to um, have a sense of justice and peace, um, even in our own time and not just like on a, you know, like on a scheduled public, like forum kind of deal but really work towards uh, mercy uh, on our own through, uh, you know, just simple acts of kindness. I was thinking today I was in Sam's parking lot and got all my stuff in the car and then was put my car up. And I saw this woman um, in her uh, little beat up truck and it was stopped And she had one blinker on. I don't know if the other blinker didn't work or not. I didn't know if she had like her hazards on, you know, sometimes like people have cars are dilapidated so much. Only one light works when they put on their hazards. Um, And so I walked over to her and said, Hey ma'am, how's it going? Are you doing okay? And um, she looked at me, you know, she said, you know, you're the first person to stop um, and asked me if I was okay. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm just waiting for that parking spot. She pointed to the one that was like towards the front um, and it got me thinking about how often do we take time and stop and talk to our neighbors, and mm. that's not just the people that live next door or the people that live behind us, but like I mean, she was technically a neighbor in that moment, and I wanted to make sure that she was okay. Maybe I'd be able to help push her, you know, where she needed to be, so that way her car wouldn't be in the way because it was literally in the middle of the parking lot. You you know how that is. And and all she was really doing was waiting on. Um, a closer parking space, which, you know, more power to her. She definitely has the right to, um, to do that. But, um, you know, when, if to, to practice those works of mercy from a personal side to a corporate side, um, you need a balance of both. Um, I don't think, I mean, I really do think you can spend all your time in your public life, but then like when you get home, not spending any time working doing works of mercy at home or, you know, even in your neighborhood, um, and and just being aware of when those opportunities present themselves, how are we showing God's love um, and how we feel God's love has been how we have received God's love, how we want to share that with um, everyone through um, those works of mercy. And and to me, it's a core value of discipleship uh, as a follower of Jesus. Like you you don't just get to follow Jesus and sit there and read your Bible all day. And that's it. Um, It's about actually putting it, you know, um, putting it out there and putting, you know, being available and present and willing to do whatever it is um, God uh, may be leading you to do.
1: Well, and that's one of the central themes or theological points that separates us from other Protestant denominations is, um, you know, faith and works, right? Or faith and works. And uh, that's the thing that the whole idea of this is discipleship. What does it mean to make disciples? And and one of the other one of the ways that we see these works of mercy play out that, that all of us are involved in, whether we're involved in church or not, um, is it, funerals, right? Um, it, it's the pastor's job or the pastors get the privilege to go and meet with families when, when people are sick and dying and uh, put together these funeral services. You know, that's an individual practice of mercy, of going and being with people, being with a family who is grieving helping them through that process by planning the service hearing the stories and and taking the burden of of what a what a funeral service is for a family off their shoulders and um and and taking it on as your own as a pastor but the communal part of that comes in during the service i mean how many how many times do do we see and go to funeral services and they're just packed they're packed for the family. They're packed for the person there. that That's the work of mercy, going and grieving with those people, growing and being with a family. Whether it seems like it or not, it's one of those moments where we're there for people, that we're practicing our faith um, out loud, you know, in in a way that's, that's helpful. And it may just seem like, oh, we're showing up to be supportive. Yeah, we are. Uh, but by doing that, we're being there for our neighbor. We're showing them that we love them. We're showing them that we're not in this alone, that we're in this together. And when we look at what it means to be a neighbor, what it means to be a disciple, Jesus models that very much, uh, like you said, Matt, by going and being. Uh, Whether that is going and being um, communally, right? Where uh, we all know the stories where Jesus goes out and he preaches and he teaches and he heals very publicly. But there are those moments Jesus simply is with people privately. and and it's it's so important for us to remember all aspects of that that to be a d- di- to be a disciple of Jesus Christ is both when nobody's watching and when everybody's watching and there's so so many different ways that we get to practice that that we get to live that out and and for each and every person, those are different, and we get to live into those in different ways and in our own ways, but like you said, by simply asking someone if they need help. You know, by having a, a conversation with your neighbor, your physical neighbor, by knowing their name, that's huge, uh, especially today. I can't tell you how many communities I've lived in in the last handful of years where I didn't know my neighbor's name, not because I didn't want to, but because it was a drive your car into the garage, shut the door so nobody will see you type of neighborhood. And it's very, um, it's very sad that we now live in a culture that that's the expectation rather than the bring a plate of brownies or cookies and welcome your neighbor in and get to know who they are.
0: Well, and I think that that like Christians suck at hospitality
1: (laughs) so much.
0: (laughs) And I say that because um, when we have opportunities to share our space or share Um, a connection with one another um, through whatever it is, whatever common bond it is. It's amazing to see how often uh, nobody talks to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'm not saying like, so I'm an introvert. I'm not going to go to an event and I'm not going to go around and shake everybody's hand and try to get to know everybody. I just, that's not who I am but I am going to try to like the people around me or the people I know, I'm at least going to acknowledge their presence. Um, and even if I don't know their name, maybe try to remember their name or find a way to get to know their name and, and say, Hey, you know, I'm you know, glad to see you and, and make that connection. I've watched and, and I admit I'm just as bad as this about as anybody, although I'm trying to be better so that way I can, you know, make people know that I that we exist Um, but to actually go and say hey you know hey how's it going you know uh, this is a good event whatever it is whether it's a community event like uh, uh, like an opening of a like a store or something or something that the chambers hosting or like even in your own church it's amazing to me how often we talk about how well we greet everybody but then, when you ask the question, "Do you know the people who are sitting behind you, in front of you, and to the sides of you?" If you can tell me your, their names, and and um, it's amazing to see how often people don't know. Right. Um, and then, like, you know, I, I, we could do so much better. It's built into who we are, and that's not just a Methodist thing. That's like, that's how I interpret being a follower of Jesus. Whether you're Baptist, Methodist catholic whatever your flavor like we should be exuding hospitality where our spaces are open and available for the community to use and not closed off in such a way that people are like man look at because here's what happens the moment we do that people lump us all together Mm -hmm. and so when we have christians that act horribly no matter who it is, they're lumped together with those really good people. And yes, we have people that do hospitality really well. And like, I mean, even in my own church, I have people that do that very well. But we could do so much better if we just got to know. and And I think like in order for us to start, like start small. So if you tend to worship service on Sunday, look around you. And if your church has that impromptu, you know, meet and greet, like actually meet and greet those people and get to know them a little bit. I'm not saying by the time the service is over, you need to know what their social security number is and their bank pin and all that stuff, but it'd be really nice to know their names. That way when you saw them in the community, they say, Oh, Hey, look, there's so-and-so and And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, no, that's not that. I think to me, that's kind of the first step of works of mercy is getting to know those that were, um, around and working with and for, and, um, Because I think far too often we love the idea and we're going to grab the idea and we're going to do it, but we forget about the relational side that Jesus established and getting to actually know the person.
1: Well, and and so much of what works of mercy are remembering that that we're in this together, right? Whether we're doing individual works and we're going, especially when we're doing individual works, let me put it that way, um, visiting the sick, calling, uh, knowing our neighbor, doing these things, in the last 20 years of the church that has, we don't leave the church well, right? We don't take what we learn in worship and take it out into our community because, oh, that's the pastor's job. The pastor goes and visits sick people in the hospital. The pastor calls people when they're not in church. Yeah, we do that. We do. And and part part of that is our job as pastors and as leaders, but there are a lot of people to tend to. And sometimes, most of the time, People, it means more when you call, especially when it's those people that sit around you and you notice they're gone and you pick up the phone and call it or you go visit them in the hospital or in their homes or it's your neighbor or the person you see in the grocery store. It's expected when we go and see people in the hospital. It's not when you do. And it means so much. It means a lot in both places, but it means so much more when we take that time to, to practice what we hear about Jesus and what we read about Jesus. Um, and it, it's, it's a start there. It starts with those folks around your pew and then it just builds out into the world.
0: And I think that that's, what's important. And we think about all the things that are going on in our world and, you know, there is definitely a justice issue for mm-hmm. you to take up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that there's, you know, no one can say, well, there's nothing I can do. Yes. Um, you can even do the smallest part. Um, and there are many ways that you can, be a part of that and whether it's advocacy and writing and calling the senators and um, you know, whether it's, you know, holding our leadership accountable, making sure that they're doing it the right way or, you know, digging in the trenches and going and helping and feeding the hungry or whatever, you know? Um, and, and I say that because I think far too often we have like age limitations and stuff like that. They say, I can't do this because I'm this or, you know, whatever. Like God uses us, despite like what we our limita- what we think our limitations are, God knows exactly what we have available in our hands and equips us to send us out to be able to live out our faith in such a way that people will know that we're a follower of Jesus by what we do because of the love that we know, the, because of the love we know of God has for us. We wanna share that love. And it, like to me, really to be a follower of Jesus pushes you out and pushes you forward. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't push you back. It doesn't cause you to, you know, be stuck. I think it always continues to push you forward. The more you strive to follow Jesus, the closer the cross you get. The more you're willing to give up, and the more, like, I love that, you know, that scripture that says, you know, uh, you know, to be a follower of me must deny themselves, pick up the cross, and follow me. I, you know, and like to me, that's what it's more. The more we surrender to God, the more we say, all right, God, I'm gonna let this go, and I'm gonna follow you, and I'm gonna do, you know, whatever it is you're calling me to do it's amazing to see what happens when people let go and allow. And I do believe that within works of mercy, God works on you and through you. Mm-hmm. It's not a one-way street. And and there are people that believe it's a one-way street. Like, and, and when we talk about works of piety next week, you know, that whole idea of like, no, it is only like, it, it's reading the Bible. It's going to worship. Like, yeah, that's only part of it. And, and I think um, this is to me like our whole little joking quote of putting discipleship in the corner when we corner it we lose. right? Um, and so this week, I want to encourage you to think about, um, unless Zach, has, Zach, do you have anything else you want to add to it before we bring it so closely?
1: I was simply going to say, um, gosh, works, works of mercy are, is us actively finding where God is already at work in this world and then going and being with God in those moments, finding the, being with the Holy Spirit, letting that guide us and being in those places rather than thinking, oh, we're going to go here and God's going to show up. God's already there. God's already there. Let's go find those places and be with God. Well, isn't it, um,
0: Mr. Rogers that talks about God at work through the first responders, like something along those lines, like, (laughs) you know, in those situations of tragedy, um, or, you know, any event going on, you know, God is definitely at work, um, and, and I love that, you know, I know, I'm pretty sure it is Mr. Rogers. I may be wrong. or may be someone else, but um, that it is through the work of the first responder. And sometimes you may be the first responder and sometimes you there's nothing wrong with being the last responder. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can talk more, I can give many examples of that with all the disaster relief I've done in my lifetime um, as a United Methodist. But, you know, for us United Methodists, it is a balance of works of mercy and works of piety, both personal and corporate. And so uh, think about how you can uh, maybe dig a little bit deeper and grow a little bit more uh, through your works of mercy in the next weeks. And then, you know, next week when we talk about work of piety and, um, you know, think about how adding that to your uh, toolkit, toolkit and maybe you're better at one than the other. And if so, um, be it, be a attention to where God may be leading you. And so uh, for the Bearded
1: Theologians, I'm Matt Franks. I'm Zach Bechtold. Thanks for checking us out.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the conversations that we've had today on the Bearded Theologians Beardcast, and we'd encourage you to continue those conversations online at beardedtheologians.com or on our Facebook page. We also hope that you pick up a couple of coffee mugs to uh, satisfy your coffee mug collection. Have a good day.